Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, my friends. I just recorded this episode, but it was lost because my computer crashed and everything I recorded was lost. You get the, whenever you get that message, application is not responding. That's always like, uh uh-oh, not good. So you do everything to make the technology work, resuscitate it, and it still doesn't work. And then, of course, you feel your heart sinking, and that's where we're at. In addition, if you haven't tried this, I highly recommend that. I highly recommend this, and that is red wine with a Truly. Those two ingredients are magic, my friends. It's a less bitter, fizzier, sweeter version of red wine. And so before you judge, try it. And also disclaimer, this is for our listeners who are more than 21 years of age. If you aren't 21 years old yet, just ignore that, everything I just said. And I think according to the analytics that most people that listen to the podcast are of age. So that's a good thing. Today, I did not leave my apartment. I have been in my apartment the entire day, which means, yes, my entire outfit was just my blue silk pajamas. My biggest nightmare is when I'm like on my bed or at my desk in my PJs, messy hair, glasses, and I accidentally press the video on and then people can see me in a flash. And that's always my biggest nightmare these days. It's not really, oh, this guy doesn't text me back. It's Am I going to expose myself in my PJs on Zoom? Anyway, hopefully this does not crash and this gets saved. If it does, that's great. Because today, we're going to continue talking about our very favorite topic. Red light, green light edition. And that is dating in New York City. In the last episode, it was a lot of fun to record because I gave everyone my thoughts on dating in New York City as a native New Yorker, it was like the very first lesson on dating in New York City by Professor Zhao. So students, get ready, because this is going to be the second lesson, especially for all of our female listeners. This hopefully will be very helpful. Interestingly, I do look at my analytics, and most of my listeners are guys, which could potentially be concerning, because I think in the last episode, I did bash on most of my guy listeners. Uh, I did get some feedback from my guy friends and they said, okay, you didn't give us a fair chance. You didn't really dive into the pros and cons of some of these guy types. And that was a very fair feedback. In fact, I also realized after the fact, I completely omitted some major categories of guys. And this includes consultants, doctors, residents, students, And I definitely have met these people in the city before. I don't know. I just completely omitted you guys in the last episode. So if you are a listener and you are one of those types of guys, you guys exist very clearly and you guys are important. So maybe in a future episode, we'll have an update on the types of guys, the types of people in the city. Alrighty, guys. So let's just dive in. The very first topic where we're going to discuss red lights, green lights, aka red flags, green flags, is age. Now, this is a controversial one because we're going to talk about mathematics. We're going to talk about math and formulas. We're going to get quantitative. 
So as you guys know, on Hinge or in dating apps, if you see a guy's height, you by default always want to minus two inches because that's just how age on dating apps, or sorry, height on dating apps works. There's, you can't really just see and believe always. Same thing with age. If you meet a person and let's just say they're your same age from a numerical quantitative perspective, you should always minus at least five years from this person's age to get to the true age and spirit for this person. And you might be asking why. The reason why is because now there are scientific studies this time. I have done some research in the last episode. I remember mentioning numbers and not knowing where I got my sources from. Well, no longer, my friends, because this is going to be more scientifically based going forward. So according to science, aka a 2013 study published in Cerebral Cortex, there's a scientific explanation why there's a common notion that men take longer to mature or quote unquote act their age than women do. So according to the study, the female brain just establishes these mature connections and prunes itself faster than the male brain. So that means that, yes, naturally women just mature faster than men. So when you meet a girl who is 26 years old, and a guy who's 26 years old, technically that guy is going to act like he's 21 because 26 minus 5 is 21, which means that he's most likely going to act like he's straight out of college or in college technically. And the girl and the guy will most likely handle life in different ways and be at different stages in their lives. So this also explains a very popular social phenomenon where men, when they're older, let's just say they're in their 30s or in their 40s and they're still going out and they're having a grand time and they're dating around and they're not going to settle anytime soon, like you see in Wolf of Wall Street, right? Whereas there are so many put together, mature, even keeled, very eligible women. And they're just like, okay, what's going on? All the guys around me are just acting like they're little babies. And so then they go to brunch with their girlfriends, they chug a Bloody Mary, and they're ranting, and they're like, there's just no eligible men. And that's just such a popular situation. Now, I don't know what it's like in San Francisco or Boise, Idaho, and I have fact-checked this. Boise is in Idaho, so I should have listened to my intuition in the last episode. But anyway, in other cities, I'm sure it's a little bit different. In other cities, people may be ready to settle down when they're right out of college. And in fact, you may be seeing on your Facebook feeds a lot of your high school friends or middle school friends marrying their college sweethearts. And that's totally a thing. In New York, it's a whole different zoo. The guys out here are partying until they're like 35, 45, and they may eventually settle down when they're 42. So it's a whole different ballgame. So I would just say that if this guy is in spirit younger than you, that's an amber flag because you might need to prepare yourself, ladies, that this person you're talking to is going to act and handle situations in a less mature way than you. So it's an amber flag. But of course, there are always exceptions. 
okay? Because you could definitely meet a guy who's 21 and he acts like he's 30. He's very mature. He's very kind and he's very responsible. His apartment's really clean, all that good stuff. But I would say that is a rare situation. And that means that you got one of the good ones. So if you do meet a younger guy who's really mature and he's ready to settle down, girl, you got to get to know this person, go on dates. Okay, the next topic we're going to discuss is proximity. And this is where we're going to talk about logistics and practicality. Because like we said, New York is a big city. Time is of the essence. We're all very, very busy. So time is a very limited resource. Once we spend this time, we can't get it back, right? So if this person you're talking to lives really far away, let's just say he lives in New Jersey, Jersey City. Okay, I know in the last episode, I bashed a lot on New Jersey, but there's a rational reason why I bashed on New Jersey. And that's because New Jersey is just so far, right? Let's just say, hypothetically, you live in Hell's Kitchen. This guy you met on a dating app or at a party lives in Jersey City. It's going to take you around 40 minutes, according to Google Maps, to get to him and vice versa. And you really got to weigh the opportunity cost. You got to analyze that. Because on a Friday night, would you rather be on the E-train going to Jersey City or would you rather be on your couch at home ordering takeout? binge watching your favorite reality TV show? These are some questions you have to ask yourself very honestly, because there are also a lot of other people near you. Like, let's just say there are other prospects in Hell's Kitchen or K-Town or Chelsea or even Times Square, right? I know we as New Yorkers love to hit on Times Square, but we have to give it like one pro, which is it's very central. It's very easy to get to, wherever you are in the city. So if you have other candidates in those areas and they're also equally cool, then you might wanna just, you know, give those people more of a chance because they're just easier to get to. You could walk to them, you could bike to them, you could get to them via public transit in less than 30 minutes. And that's always a plus, especially in a fast paced, very time limited city like New York City. So to summarize, I would say if he lives far from you, more than 30 minutes away from you, that is an amber flag. If he's really cool and he's very, very nice and he's all these other great things, then the trek could be worth it. But if he's not those things, then uh, I would say, babe, you you could meet other guys who are less less of a hassle to get to. Okay, the next topic we're going to talk about is, is his texting game good? Now, this is very important because as we've established in this very busy, also very modern digital world, texting and social media and talking behind the scenes is so important for keeping the spark alive because it's very hard these days to meet up in person and see this person on a regular basis. So the way that you flirt and the way that you get to know each other is via texting and social media DMs, or Snapchats, if you're a Gen Zer, or Be Real, right? Like whatever social media floats your boat. Like you gotta keep that spark alive somehow when you're both busy at work, working hard, playing hard. And so 
if his texting game is good, that's a huge bonus because that means you guys are staying in touch. You guys are keeping the spark alive. You are most likely interested and excited to see him the next time you guys meet up versus if his texting game is bad. And that's just a huge, honestly, red flag, right? Because if you guys are away from each other and it's just very dull or the energy is not there, then it's just like you just feel immediately less attracted to this person and you are immediately less interested in seeing him the next time you guys meet up. So there are a few different variations and flavors of this, right? The first variation is this guy doesn't use any emojis, no fun slang words like haha or lol or lmao. So you don't know if this guy is actually having a good time. And in fact, he responds in like three word answers. So it's just like a hello, I ate lunch. And that's just, that's an immediate amber flag, bordering on red flag. Because you don't want to feel like you're talking to a robot. And you also don't want to feel like you're reading a tweet from Jeff Bezos. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. He made another episode. And you also don't want to feel like he's talking to you like you're an associate at work. In any of those situations, it's just an immediate yawn by, right? Because you could easily entertain yourself more on TikTok or Reddit. And, and this guy is just, is just not it. The next variation is he takes forever to respond. Now, this guy might be an amazing person, but bless his soul, he is just, his priorities are not in the dating game. So either, as we've established in the last episode, he's a finance bro. So he just, he's just getting slammed at work. He has no time to talk to any person. In that case, as we've already established, that's, that's a risk. That is an amber flag in and of itself. The other possibility or explanation is this person just naturally is not interested because it takes honestly just five seconds to send, how was your day? Probably even less than five seconds. This person can send this message to you when he's on his way to the subway. He's on his way to the bathroom. He's on his way to the kitchen. So if he's not putting in the minimal effort, then it's just immediate red flag. No. The other possibility or variation is he responds too quickly. And this is another amber flag. Because on the one hand, it's good that he's showing interest. He's putting in the time. He's putting the effort to get to know you. But on the other hand, he could possibly just have not a lot going on in his life. He could be just at home, just staring at the wall or staring at his phone, waiting for you to respond to him. Or work is not that busy. Or maybe he doesn't have work. And they're just... You're, you might be the most exciting thing going on in his life. And that's very unattractive because we don't want to just date a person who just has nothing going on, right? So that's an amber flag. You got to assess, is this person just a cool person? He's just super interested and overly excited to talk to you. In that case, it could be a good thing because we would much rather have a guy text us too quickly than never, ever respond. But on the other hand, if he just truly doesn't have a lot going on, that could be a major red flag because then it's just like, okay, this guy is just not doing much. The next variation is this guy responds in long essays, like long dissertations. 
and talks about mundane things. He might talk about very dense topics, like his deep personal traumas or politics. And in that case, especially if you're just getting to know each other, that's a major red flag. Because you don't want to feel like you're in the MIT open class session and he's sending you homework for you to read. And you also don't want to get too deep into these very you know, nuanced, controversial topics so soon. Because you're like, I barely know where you're from. Why are you sending me these deep topics and these deep essays? And that could be a major turnoff. The final variation is this guy responds within reason, which means, you know, he sends you a text a day and the conversation feels like it's flowing naturally and it's not boring. The energy's good. You guys keep it relatively lighthearted and fun and you're looking forward to messages from him. And also, he's not like taking forever to respond like we said. He's not responding just immediately and it just feels like he has stuff going on in his life. You have stuff going on in your own life and you're essentially keeping the spark alive and you're looking forward to the next time you guys meet up. This is a green flag. This is evergreen. Because that means that, yes, the texting game is good. He knows how to have a conversation. He knows how to keep things exciting. And yeah, we're going to go on a date with this person. Okay. The next topic is where he takes you on a date. As we've established, New York is a big city. There's so many bars, so many restaurants. And so this is where we can really assess if this guy is, you know, putting some thought and putting some care and creativity into where we go on a first date. And this is really important because there are many different possibilities, right? The obvious choice is drinks on a first date. And this is very, very good because it's fun. It's low commitment. You guys are in a relaxed situation, especially if there's nervousness on a first date. You guys can have a cocktail or have a glass of wine to ease the nerves. And also, worst case, if it turns out that this person isn't cool or he's crazy, you can easily just chug your cocktail or your drink and then just say, oh, I got to go back to my work or I have to go, personal emergency, and then it's done, right? It's not like a major two-block calendar time commitment. And so there are different possibilities. Either he takes you to a dive bar, which is an amber flag. And that's an amber flag because you don't want to feel like you're just one of the bros off the bat. And you guys are going to go to this raucous, loud sports bar where there's football or golf playing in the background. And you're just like, huh, like this just feels too not romantic, right? And that's not a good vibe for a first date. And this guy is either thinking, okay, this girl is like one of the bros, or he's not willing to pay for more than $8 for a drink. Or best case scenario, he's thinking, this girl is so cool. I want to see if she can hang like one of the bros. And she can handle like this cool, chill sports vibe. And either of those scenarios, it's a no. That's not cool. Because you definitely want to feel like you're going to a cute, fun, flirty, romantic place. And we're not asking for like, oh, hey, he has to take you to a super expensive place. But it should be fun and it should feel definitely more romantic than a dive bar. Okay, so the next possibility, right, is he takes you to a classy wine bar. And this is great 
because it's intimate. There might be a candle on your table and, you know, it's low commitment too. You can just get a glass of wine. If it goes well, you can get more glasses and wine is always a good choice. Unless, of course, you just naturally don't like wine. The other possibilities are he takes you to a fun, lively Keitan Pocha, and that's fun. He takes you to a cool cocktail bar. That's another really big plus. And especially if you have, you know, this is one of your favorite cocktail bars and it's very cool and the cocktails are great. The ambiance is really cool. And it's even better if this is a place that you've heard of, you've never been to, or you haven't even heard of and you go and it's really, really cool. Because that means this guy knows the cool spots in New York City and he can show you his world. And that's always a green flag. So this is an especially green flag. And if he takes you outside of just the regular going out to bar situation. So we got to first give this guy A plus for effort because he's thinking outside of the box. Let's just say he takes you to a fun activity. It could be Batsu or Swingers or some other sort of interactive activity. That could be really fun, right? Because you guys get to know each other on a more intimate basis. You can see each other's personalities more, but also just keep in mind, this is more of a time commitment because it's harder to leave swingers and just say, oh, I got to go work than it is to just go to a bar and chug your wine and be done with it. So you got to really assess, okay, is this person worth the time risk? If it is, then it could be a really fun first date. The next possibility is he just goes straight to the restaurant. He takes you to get some good food. And this could be a good thing, especially if you already know you like this person and you're willing to put in the time commitment because like we said, it's harder to get out of these like time commitment heavy situations. But if you're not sure and you're just getting to know this person, that could be an amber flag because worst case scenario, if you don't know or if you realize you don't like this person, it's just hard to get out of it. And then you can't just easily say, oh, I got to go work when you're in the middle of your entrees. Okay, so the next topic we're going to talk about is also very important. And this is the conversation flow. This is important because let's just say you guys meet up at whatever place he chooses to take you on a date. Essentially, you guys meet up and you guys are feeling each other's energies, feeling the vibes. If he doesn't ask you any questions and you feel like you're the one leading the conversation, you're the one essentially interviewing him for your own podcast episode, this is a red flag because you don't want to spend the rest of your life with a person that is essentially just your guest on a podcast interview episode. That is just no fun and no one should feel like they are in, the, in that like interviewer position forever. That's just too much work. You always want to feel like there's this back and forth. There's the same level of energy that he's putting in that you are putting in. I was recently at a house party and there's this really cute guy. You know, we had some positive vibes going on. And me as an over talker, I also love to ask questions. So I was asking all these random questions. And then he said something that was off-putting. He said, you ask a lot of questions, don't you? And then I was like, huh, do I? Well, you can also ask me questions. Hello, like this is a two-way street. Am I supposed to just stare at you? No. So if this person is indicating that, 
oh, he doesn't have anything to ask you or you're asking him too many questions. That's just a red flag. So, babe, just know that you can spend your time elsewhere and it'll be more fulfilling. Also, okay, to add to that, I know that in some cases, when a person is very energetic or hyperactive like myself, sometimes it's co- it's important to be cognizant of the other person's personality because I understand that sometimes I could be like over talkative or ask a lot of questions and that's just who I am. But if the person is especially more conservative or introverted, it could be a little bit hard for them to match the energy. So that's another consideration to put in. If this person's just naturally not as outgoing or not as talkative, then they may just feel like, okay, they might need to move a little bit slower in the conversation. And if you're okay with that, that's great. But if you're looking for somebody who can match your energy a little bit more, then this is going to be a red flag. At the end of the day, it's not that hard to ask very basic questions. Even if this person doesn't really like to talk, they can always think of very basic questions to ask you like, oh, where do you live in the city? What's your favorite restaurant? What kind of music do you like to listen to? You can Google questions to ask a person you just met and there's like a whole long list. There's so many resources. So if you just met this person and they're just staring at you like, hello, you're asking too many questions and they're not asking you anything back. It's like, well, hello, like, can you be a person and just ask some basic questions? If they're not, then okay, that's a clear indication. They're not interested. It's a red flag. You got to move on. All right. The next aspect about conversation flow we need to discuss is the energy. So it's a little bit similar to the last aspect, but if you feel like there's just this dullness and there's this lag or the stagnancy, stagnancy word, yes, or the, it, the energy is just stagnant, then that's just a red flag because especially in the early stages of dating, it should be like there's sparks flying everywhere. It's a honeymoon phase. This is the phase where you can, you have the right to just be a little bit overexcited and just just over talkative with each other. Because do you feel like, you know, couples who've been with each other for 40 years are going up to each other starry-eyed asking, oh my God, tell me where you're from or what's your favorite hobby or what was the most fun thing you did today? That could happen, but in most cases, no, it's gonna be very comfortable. That couple is going to be sitting on the couch together, watching TV, not talking, and it feels really comfortable. And that's just so normal. So especially in the early stages of dating, it should feel exciting. It should feel like you're getting to know each other and there's sparks flying everywhere. So if you feel like it's the opposite, like you guys are just immediately a 58-year-old couple, then that's a red flag. And you most likely can find somebody more compatible with you. Also, Let's just say that this person is very conversational and he's very talkative, but the topics are just too dense or not that fun for you. So for example, he's just going into these dense quantum theories and your eyes are rolling over. You're thinking about your lunch plans for the next day. That's another red flag because then it's just like, okay, maybe you guys may not have a lot to talk about or he just doesn't have the awareness that you're not interested in talking about certain things. And in that case, it's just not going to be a good fit. And you you just got to move on. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is, is there physical attraction? And this is important, but you might be asking me, Shannon, 
isn't this so obvious? Obviously, like if I go on a date with this person, there is a level of physical attraction. And on a dating app, like I swipe right on the person that I think is cute. Yes, I totally agree. But a lot of times we see this person's picture or we see them in real life and we're like, okay, they're okay. They're not ugly. And we go on a date with them. And that's just not acceptable. It's just not enough. Because remember when we were back in middle school and we felt this giddiness and this excitement and the nervousness about our crushes and we go to our friends and be like, oh, I don't know if John or Sarah likes me. Do you know? You know, like, and we would just be all giddy when we saw them in the hallway or in the locker room. We got to bring that same level of energy and nervousness to our adult dating lives. I think a lot of times we just like, you know, over just index on other things like, oh, is this person nice or is this person in a good job? But we don't really consider, okay, is there actual true genuine physical attraction? And that could be a problem because if you go and meet them in person and you don't feel that level of giddiness or a little bit of nervousness or excitement, then that could be a subliminal sign that you're just not physically attracted to them. And that could lead to problems downstream or down the line. And so, for example, let's just say you're on a date and you're just so comfortable off the bat. Your arm is swung around your chair. You're just slouching. You're treating this guy like he's one of your really good guy friends. It could mean that you guys are very compatible and you like this person. And it's good in general that you're comfortable rather than sweating bullets. But it could just also mean that There's not a lot of romantic chemistry. There's a lot of personality, like friendship chemistry, and he could be a really good friend. But on the other hand, if you feel a little bit of excitement, giddiness, you're you're feeling like your palms are sweating a little, that's always a good sign. That's like a physiological sign that you find this person attractive. And so just assess if that is true. If it is, then you are in a sweet spot because ideally you have a great combination of physical attractiveness towards each other and great, you know, conversation flow, great connection, and the texting game is good. If you have all of those great green flags, then honey, this could be a really good situation. Alrighty, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the second episode on Dating New York City red light, green light edition. Uh, You guys know the drill. Follow No Plans of Podcast on Instagram for more behind the scenes, updates, special announcements. We just did a giveaway, which was really fun. And so there'll definitely be more giveaways in the future. If you guys listen to the episode uh, and you guys score well on quizzes or answer certain questions well on the No Plans of Podcast Instagram account, you guys could win special, special prizes. And also, I asked some of our guy listeners for, you know, just anonymous questions. They want me and my girlfriends to answer. So that is to come in a future episode. So stay tuned. There'll be more exciting, fun episodes on dating and non-dating topics. Alrighty, guys. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great rest of the week and love you guys very much. (laughs) Bye-bye.